0: in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. It is good to be with y'all this morning. We're trudging along through the book of Genesis, which is important. This is a, a really good chapter in the book of Genesis about faith and about understanding that idea and as we're going through the book of Genesis as we're dealing with these issues and these things that are going on in in Genesis. I want you to see what's going on with Abraham. God's already just told him because of who he is, because of, because of who God is and his relationship with Abram and Abram trusting him. God just told him that I'm your shield and your great reward. I'm the one who's going to take care of you. You need to look for me, look to me for all that is good in life. You need to look, for, look to me for your purpose and your direction. And he says, I'm your shield. I'm the one who protects you. And I'm your great reward. And and so as Abraham looks at it, he's sitting there thinking, God, that's I'm glad you are my shield and great reward. I'm I am excited that's who you are. But he says, God, I got something I gotta bring up. And and you know what? A lot of times when we deal with God, especially when we first come to God, we want other people to go to God for us. You know what I'm saying? That picture is the best part of that. The best way to see that picture, biblically speaking, is when when Moses took the children of Israel out to the mountain to meet with God, because God had brought them up out of Egypt to meet with him on that holy mountain. And the people said to Moses, you go up and hear what God has to say and come back and tell us. And the reason was, is because they were afraid. There was lightning and thunder up on that mountain and there was and it was dark up on the mountain and there was that it just it was just scary, really, to tell you the truth. And the presence of God does elicit one thing in mankind. It does elicit fear. And the reason it does is because obviously we're little and he is immense. He's more than we could ever imagine. And so in his presence there is fear. And there is a, and that fear is not a lack of faith. That fear is a lack of understanding. That fear is a lack of perspective on God. See, Moses wasn't afraid to go up on top of that mountain. And the reason he wasn't afraid to go up on top of that mountain is because he had met God before. He dealt with God before. He'd been intimate with God in the sense of God had told him what to do and he'd walked in it. And he knew the character and nature of God. He knew God. And so when he went up there to talk to God, it was not for him it was not a, it, I'm sure there was still a fearful aspect of it, but it was not the same. Because remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But once wisdom comes, then I begin to see things from God's perspective. And that, that death fear, that fear of being destroyed or whatever, that fear of approaching God tends to go away. That in little children, a little child might run into somebody who's Well, and some of y'all may not know get this at all, but for me, I am a very large man. I'm very tall and I'm very less now, but very large. Anyway, and a lot of times I'll run into little children, especially if they're not in their parents' arms, but they're just walking and they see me. They're just going to not want to come over to talk to me because... I am so much bigger than them. Who wants to go talk to Goliath? They don't want to go talk to Goliath. And so they're afraid. They they run to their parents and hide behind their parents. And, and that, that changes as they get to know me. The parent might pick them up. I'll come over and mess with them, talk to them, play with them the whole nine yards. You know what I'm talking about, have fun. And then they realize who I am. They realize my character. And then they become, eventually within a couple of months, they're not running from their parents. They're running up and giving me a fist bump or saying something to me and running away. Why? The reason they are is because they come to know my character nature and then they kind of know me. The same is true with God. You get to a place in your walk with God where you actually know God. His character nature, you've studied and you've, you've seen him at work in your life for long enough that you actually know how He's gonna, how he is. And so that comes with both a positive and a negative. You also know what he doesn't want out of you. He doesn't want you to be involved in the life he wants you to be living. And when you're not living it, you don't want to deal with him. But when you are living it, you actually, you actually have an excitement and a joy about actually coming into his presence. There's an excitement and joy about meeting with him. And there is a transparency that exists, the ability to actually speak to God about your heart and about your situation and that's ultimately what a mature disciple of Christ is going to be able to do. He's going to be able to talk to God and going to be able to talk to him about their life and their situation and what's going on and they're going to want to they're going to want to actually deal with him personally and walk with him personally. Abram is there. I keep calling him Abraham, but Abram is there. That's who he knows God said God said, listen, Abram, I'm going to take care of you. I am your shield and your great reward. And Abram said, I need to bring this up. I got to bring this up. He said, and it's important. He said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? Meaning if you're my great reward, meaning you're my payoff. The main thing that matters to me is I don't have any children. I'm childless. I don't, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to have What you promised me when I would go and when I'd go and do these things, when I'd walk with you, if you're going to if I'm going to have what you promised and you said that you'd make me in a great nation and that my descendants would be as many as the sands of the seashore, God, I'm right now, I'm right now, as I look at, as I look at myself and as I look at what's going on and as I look at my life, I don't have any children. I don't see the possibility. And that's the thing he says, I don't see the possibility of you being my great reward being all that mu- much of a very good thing because I don't have anything to pass it on to. What well, he's basically saying to God is I have no posterity. I what Who I am is not going to be anything because there's nobody to hand it down to. He says, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. What he's saying is the person who's going to gain everything that I have is a man in my house now obviously this man for him was a very important man is a close either a close personal friend or he was a young man that had been born in his house <clears throat> that he saw great potential for in the future and he built him up and we knew and we know that abram was a man who, who could not only lead men but he was a man who could the character nature of young men and make them into better men and make them into stronger men, and make them into powerful men, and, and powerful warriors. We know that's part of his nature. And so obviously Eleazar of Damascus is probably one of one of those men, one of the best of those men. And he says, then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Now, I want you to do notice this, because it is important as you're looking at this in Scripture. I want you to notice that Abram <clears throat> understands that that his his having children and where children come from they don't come from him they come from god and they're a gift from god and he understands that children are a gift from god and he understands that uh that him not having them is obviously a part of god's plan because he's not saying god you told me i'm gonna have them right now and look i don't have any what he's saying is, look, God, you gave me a promise, and that promise requires that I have children, and I don't really know how that promise is going to work out if I don't have any children. And so what he's saying is, God, I understand the promise that you've made to me, but I don't understand how it's going to work out because I don't really see a path to it. I don't see how I'm going to get there. And you say, that may, you say, Chad, that's really the same thing. No, it's different. It may be nuanced different, but it's different. It may, be, it may not make total sense that it's different, but it is different. Abram's not saying, you promised me this, and I'm not getting it. He's saying, Lord, you promised me this, and I don't know how I'm going to get there. And that's two totally different things. He fully expects to get what God said. He just don't know how it's going to work out. He don't know how that's going to happen. And he understands that the promises that God made to him and the promises that God makes are yes and amen. They're true. He just don't know how he's going to get there. He says, <clears throat> then Abram said, look, you've given me no offspring indeed. One of both, uh, one of one born of my house is my heir. That's Eleazar. And the, nothing wrong with Eleazar. Apparently he's a great man, great young man. And Abram's going to give him everything he has if he doesn't have any offspring. Abram goes on to say, listen, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. Notice God steps in when Abram brings it up. This is important. God answers Abram. Do y'all know? Do y'all really believe God answers what God, what He has, what are you ask Him? You really believe y'all are in a conversation with God, or He's just sending you smoke signals from afar? The truth is, God is speaking all around you. You need to open your eyes and look and see the things that He's saying around you. He is speaking. He's speaking around you and he's speaking to your heart. He is saying things in the world that you live in. He's saying things in the things that are going on in your life. And the issue is not whether he's saying anything. The issue is whether or not you've tuned your ear to hear him. And the conversation that Abram have, is having with God is not a complaint such that he is pitching a fit and he's not listening to God. It's, a, it's, a, it's him going to God and saying, God, I don't understand how this is going to happen. I know you promised it. You're God who keeps your promises. I don't know how I'm going to get there. And and that's fair with God. I'm going to say this. You need to get this. That's fair to, for you to do with God. God wants you to come and talk to him about what he said to you. Because what he said to you is a revelation of himself to you. And when you're talking to him about what he said to you, you're really talking to him about him. And he wants you to know who he is and how he works and what he does. And if you're dealing with God and you're not listening... You're not going to hear the answer to those things. Don't bring your feelings so much to the table that your feelings cover your ears all slap up and you can't hear nothing, okay? A lot of times people bring feelings to conversations and their feelings get so much in the way that they can't hear anything. Don't let your feelings all rise up and cover your ears. Allow your ears to hear even though your feelings may be involved and even though your emotions may be involved. Allow God to speak to your heart and tell you what's going on tell you how things are and how things actually are going to be it says it says that uh he says God said the one that's in your house he's, he shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. What God's saying to Abram is listen Abram, I know it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but I've already said that it is going to happen and that you got to believe me for it you got to believe me for it do you you understand abram you must believe me for these things and wow he's saying know that you're looking for another way i've already told you i am going to i'm going to bring about your posterity through your own body you're going to have an heir from your own line from you you're going to have you're going to have your lineage that's going to be from you. I, it's not a, It's. Your, I know you're searching for how I'm going. How I'm going to do this. I want you to search. Notice God doesn't rebuke him for saying this at all. There's no rebuke in this at all. Hey, God comes, steps in. He, Abraham brings it up. God says, "Listen, listen to me, Abram. The one who's in your household that you like and that you're going to give everything to, if I don't come through, he ain't getting." It. He's not going to get it. He's not going to get the household. Someone from your heir is going to get it. Someone from your line is going to come along. He said, then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. What he's saying is, look up there in heaven and count the stars. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. So shall your descendants be. Well, what does that mean? What it means is that God is telling Abram, he's telling Abram that his descendants, those who come after him, those who follow him, that the descendants of Abram are going to be as many as the stars of the heavens. Now, I'm going to tell you that that promise there has not actually occurred in its completeness yet. And in fact, I'm not sure it will occur for millennia, millennia to come because I think that God's plan for us, obviously, is a plan of posterity, and it's a plan that lasts far past this universe. And I actually believe that the, that the promise that is made to Abram right here is going to go on for billions and trillions of years ahead of us. It's going to go on forever and ever, because remember, we are going to live with him forever and ever. And so God's promises are yes and amen in the moment but they're also yes and amen forever ahead of us. And so with Abram, God took him outside and said, look, and I want you to notice that God used the environment that Abraham lived in to reveal to him his promises. He used the world around him. He told him the first time that it's going to be as many as the sand of the seashore and told him to go look and see. The second time he tells him this, he says, Go outside and look up and see the stars of the heavens. And many of us can't see as many stars because we live in cities. But I've moved to the country and the stars are way more prevalent. I'm of the understanding if I go out into the country and go up into the mountains, I can see stars. It looks like the whole heaven is full of those stars. And it is. And he says, look at the stars of the heavens. I'm telling you that the line that I'm going to create in you is going to be as many as the stars of the heavens. What he's saying is, is what I promised to you is going to happen and it's going to happen in a way that you cannot imagine. And so what you need to do is you need to understand that my promise to you in the way you understood it was right. You're just not seeing the manifestation of it yet, but you're going to notice how Abram reacted to that. Abram reaction to that. Uh, he said, as God said, and he said to him, so yet shall your descendants be. Abraham said this, and he believed the Lord. He believed the Lord. What did Abraham do? What did Abram do? He trusted God. He believed God for that. God told him he believed it. Eventually, you got to get that kind of heart and mindset in your own life. You hear God, you believe God, you act upon it. Uh, You hear God, you believe God, you act upon it. That's what Abraham did. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Notice, faith brings about us being right with God, not living by the law, not living by some code that you've come up with yourself, not what the world thinks of you, what makes you righteous before God. Righteous, just easily, the just real simple way to define that is, is you're right before him. You're okay. You're right before God. What makes us right before God or righteousness that is credited to us is credited to us by faith. This is in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. This is the idea that runs throughout scripture. It is. What does God require us? They asked Jesus, what does God require of us? What, what is required of us? And Jesus said to believe on the one he sent. What does that mean? To trust him, to believe in him, to faith him, to place your hope in him, faith, hope, trust, believe. That's right, Diane, faith, hope, trust, believe. That's what's required of us. And the Bible says that God, that Abram heard God, he believed him, and it was credited to him as righteousness. It was, God said, I'm putting this in your account. You're righteous before me because you believe me. You're willing to actually speak to me face to face, bring up your concerns. And give me an opportunity to show you who I am. One of the things you miss out on when you don't go up on that mountain is you miss out on being able to tell God what you think. You miss out on being able to say to God, this is how I'm seeing things. Tell me where I'm not seeing it. And Abraham, he was willing to go up there and talk to God and say, listen, I don't understand how this is going to happen. God said, I know you don't, but I told you it's going to happen. And this is how it's going to end. This is the end result of what's going to happen after everything is said and done. And God and Abraham looked at God and said, okay, I believe you're right. I'm going to walk in that. Do you live that way? Is that who you are? I hope so. Hope you learn how to do it anyway. It's not easy. Not easy being cheesy, but that's the way life is. It's not easy. That's the way this walk of faith is. Nobody said it was easy. Nobody said the path was easy. It's just leveled by him. It's just, uh, it's, he's the one handling it. But uh, but it don't look like it's an easy walk. It's not. But when you place your hands in, in the hands of an eternal God, he makes sure he orders your steps. He makes sure you don't stumble. He shows you the way. Do that today. And as you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. That he'll make his face to shine upon you. And that he will give you hope. And peace today in Jesus' name.